everybody. Peace. Welcome to the Sorry to Bother You podcast, wherever or however you're listening. We're so grateful to have you here with us. As you guys know, I'm here joined by my co-host, Mr. Dre Pennington. Yo, yo, how we doing, guys? How we doing? How's everyone feeling today? <sighs> Dre, yeah. how you feeling today, man? Um, a little tired. I think, you know, we're both a little under the weather, but, you know, we're going to get through this. Dre, you played played really well yesterday during the game. Hey, man, trying to just get better every day. You know, you had, just, you had yourself a game, too, man. No, no, no. That was all you, man. No. Uh, excellent. Example of leadership qualities, yeah. I would say. But uh, speaking of leadership qualities, uh, there are some teams that have been moving, making some moves at the trade deadline to maybe add some more leadership qualities or qualities to themselves that will enhance their playoff opportunities. So we're going to be talking about some trade deadline movements, player movements, things we saw. Uh, we're also, Dre, going to be talking about the John Jones fight, Uh-oh. title fight coming up tonight. And we'll be talking about your favorite people on the court, the referees. Oh, man. And how they can impact <laughs> the uh, the outcome of a sporting event. And we're also going to be talking about what players can do to uh, get their performance to peak at the right time going into the playoffs. Some things they can do for that. Uh, so with that being said, Dre, are you, uh, you ready to hop in? Let's jump in it. Let's All right, go. Guys. All right, guys. Let's get into it. Uh, as you guys know, the trade deadline uh, passed, came and went by uh, yesterday at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thursday, sorry. Yeah. Passed yeah. on Thursday, you're today, good, Saturday. Um, and a lot of movement have occurred throughout the uh, NBA scope, and we saw some interesting things. So, Dre, I'm going to let you take this one first. What was the biggest move, biggest surprise? Biggest surprise? You saw at the trade deadline. Um, the move with. It and Marcus Morris. Mm. I didn't. I don't. I don't know. Um, me personally, I, I. You know. I obviously, you guys know. I lived in Boston, and I was there when it was going crazy. Yeah. And I didn't understand. Like, like I'm, I'm a little. I'm a fan, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand the point of trading him. If what is he on a one year or two year deal? Right now he's on a one year deal. One year deal. If you already have him on a one year deal. And you only have one, I think, one point guard right now. Uh, Ish Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I don't understand. Talking the point about of Washington. Yeah, yeah, talking about Washington specifically. Mm-hmm. And what was the point of trading him? Like, in, I'm pretty sure he's, he was having a good, pretty good year. Uh, his best numbers since leaving Boston. Yeah, man. I, I think that means that the hip injury that he had is not, you know, not hurting him as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I just feel I feel for it because he was having a he was having a good year, yeah. and I think he was going to play him way, play his way onto another contract. Yeah. Well, Jerry, speaking of you know he was how you said he was on a one year deal. Washington Washington I think wanted to get some sort of asset out of him because they didn't expect him probably to resign with them next year, knowing that John Wall is going to be back. So maybe they wanted to trade him now so they can get assets for him as opposed to letting him just walk away. Yeah, but free agency. no, you're 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 probably right. But I mean, I just don't understand what was the point of doing that if you're like who's going to the Clippers? They're they're gonna release him. It, it says they're gonna release him anyway. I don't, I don't know. Right. You know, the NBA is NBA is a different different dynamic when you're at the front office, right? Instead of being a player and watching. Absolutely. And you know, the Clippers are probably gonna release him so they don't have to. So he won't eat up any cap space. Yeah. As well. 
So that was your biggest surprise. Yeah, that was a surprise one that I didn't understand as much. Yeah. Well, also, you know, that was a three-team deal, and they really, they really, that was for Marcus Morris to get to the Clippers. Yeah, and I think it was a it was a move for Harkless, and the Knicks are they look like they're trying to get you know a lot of picks right now. Yeah, they're definitely rebuilding again. <laughs> uh, I just yeah that that is an interesting franchise, man. I don't think they really have a sense of direction. No, 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 not right now. But Dre, my biggest the biggest surprise move to me was actually uh, Iggy getting traded to Miami. Ooh. So we all knew that Iggy was going to get traded somewhere. Uh, we were we were thinking the Clippers or. LA. Yeah, I think that that was the narr- that was pushed from the beginning of the year. From actually, from the beginning, right? And how crazy is that? Uh, that Iggy can go from being on a championship team in Golden State, go to could trade to Memphis, not play a single minute for six months, less body rest, get on the golf course, and then gets traded to a contender in the East. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my God! It's it's that's that's. Hey man, that's what happens when you're when you're valuable. Power to the player, man. I'm telling but, you. You know, not only Iggy. Going to Miami because we know Iggy is well past his prime and oh yeah, no. physically he's not going to be able to add too much to Miami to what as opposed to what they don't already have. But that 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 veteran presence and leadership is going to be huge in that locker room. Yeah, and also in that trade, I think where it really helps Miami is that they get Jay Crowder and they're also going to end up getting Danilo Gallinari. So you, you realize like I think this cha- that changes their team as a whole like. It matures them, like, cause they have a lot of young guys that's in their rotation. Like, it's, yeah, they got rid of Justice Winslow. Yeah, well. I, I think that I, I and he was, he was talked about being traded from the beginning of the year, also. Right. And I think that just that just helped them out. Yeah. And he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get his chance in Memphis, or is he is he uh, in Memphis? I think it's Memphis. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna have his chance in Memphis. I think he's gonna do pretty well there too. Right, and you know it. So Miami doesn't have the most talented uh, starting five, but I think they have the deepest bench in the East. Yeah. So their their bench, I think, is just as strong as their starting lineup, and I think that's going to bode well for them when it comes to the playoff race, especially coming going into the playoffs. You know. I that. mean, yeah, you got an all star on the bench and a point guard. <laughs> you <laughs> your your bench is pretty deep right there. That's I would true. I would say. Yeah, but you know, Drake. I like the move that Miami made, but even with this move, I I see them being a top two seed. But even as the second, whoever the second best team in the in the East is, I don't see them even coming close to Milwaukee. I I know, but we both know how Milwaukee is when they get to like in the playoffs, right? So it the East is still wide open for anyone. Mm. Any one of those teams can win it, and um, it's still kind of funny that. The like you seen who's in the two spot in the Raptors like you know that's still they're still there they're still yeah. in the hunt for everything yeah but do you think this trade set puts Miami above I think um, it might Toronto yeah I think it might actually what about Boston um Boston they're still in that same kind of spot like um you know they're really really talented and everything and they have a lot of they got a lot of players and like young players mm-hmm. but um I think once it gets into that time where like the playoffs come and I just I I'd never ever I would never ever go against a Pat Riley like built team. I I like I like the Heat. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, Pat Riley has had an interesting career. He's he was a pretty solid player, a great coach, and now he's he's a great GM. An amazing He's a great GM. 
Where do you think he was at his best? Um, you can't take away from his coaching. I, you gotta, you gotta give it to his coaching. Even though he never got it with the Knicks. I mean, but he made Showtime. Yeah, but he he made sure that the Knicks were relevant though, and he made sure that they got to a he got they got to a finals. I want to say. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. they lost to the. Who was it? I, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Still, yeah. LA, uh, Houston. They lost to Houston. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they were they were like matched up, same same team mostly. Yeah, Hakeem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like Pat, Pat knows what he's doing, and he knows how to build a team. Yeah. I think he's best as a his best was when he was coaching. I yeah. Agree. But. Yeah, so I think it sets them above Toronto. I think it puts them at a level playing field with Boston. Yeah. And but we'll see how that goes moving forward. So those are the that was the su- biggest surprise move. Dre, what was your the strangest the strangest move you saw? Strangest strangest move by far. And I I know people I'm pretty sure we can all agree upon this was easily the Clint Capella trade. Don't understand mm. that. I don't understand that one. What do you? Why do you? What do you? What did you have? What have you heard as to why Houston? Um. So Houston's trying to go like you know their small ball lineup, and this just helps them probably run, be faster, and get up more threes and everything like that, and opens up the floor more. Mm-hmm. But they also now are like they have no no presence on the inside. Like Capella was you know, the the eraser if someone wasn't playing defense on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Now this just puts more pressure on them to that they have to outscore someone. So do you think this small ball lineup can be effective? I think at times, but they're not like for I'm just gonna say like every team is not the like the Warriors they worked for. Yeah. But every team's not built like that. Like not built like them. Right. Well even with Golden State, they didn't start that death lineup. Yeah. That that's just when they were most effective. You know, that came like in the third quarter, going to the fourth. See, that's what I'm saying. But they also already had they had guys who. But they had bigs that yeah. could comp with it. You know, when yeah. they wanted to go away from the small. Yeah, what I'm saying, like they they also had a an equalizer who was a seven foot guard who helped out a lot. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying like that. I, unless Houston somehow get, has themselves a a, a KD over there, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't understand the the point of that. Right. I mean. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say that that just that to me that just takes away their shot blocking, and now it puts a lot of a lot more pressure on, you know, their guards to play one on one defense. Right. Well, we did see a small sample size though with that small ball lineup against the Lakers, and as we were saying off off the show, the Lakers are the longest and biggest team in the yeah. league, and it it looked like it worked that small ball lineup, right? Yeah, it did. But and once it comes down to like in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And things get a little bit slower, and you know, you got like now people are scouting you. They they scout things a little bit more, and every detail matters. Yeah. Like, does that small ball lineup against work against Lakers in in a seven game series? I don't think so. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, at least with Clint Capella, you have an inside presence. Right. But also, Clint Capella does. He did have that big contract, so maybe they're trying to clear up cast space for that because maybe maybe Daryl Morey knows that this Houston team isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So maybe let's try to make this look as fun as possible. Let's try to yeah. get in as much as do it for the fans. Yeah. Get the money. You know, but they're a fifth fifth seed or sixth seed right now? I think they're a fifth seed. So like I you know, I can understand. They're not it's not going the way they thought. Yeah. 
I mean, even with Capella, I didn't see them being too much of a threat in the Western Conference. Oh, really? No. Mike, no, Mike, no D, Tony, bro. Yeah. Uh, but even with Capella, they didn't play much defense. Without Capella, they probably won't play much defense. I, they're they're backward. They're right at square one, so I don't see a problem with it. Um, but but they have two of the like. I want to say two guys who who are like who are on their team that are like in their primes right now. Can yeah. you say that? Yeah. That are offensively gifted. Yeah, but you know, Dre, when the playoff comes comes around, the pace slows down, and you have to really lock down on defense, especially in a half court setting. Yeah. And neither neither of those guys are really. I mean, one guy solid defenders. I mean, one guy is he led. I think he led the league in steals at one year. He that was a lot of anticipation steals. Those weren't really like on ball steals. Yeah, I get that, but you know that's still like he still has some type of uh, presence right there, and I just don't understand like the um, like if you're gonna if you're a team that anticipates like a lot and you go for you know the 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 steals and everything, mm-hmm. you want to have a big inside that can erase any of like your mistakes, right? Right, and so but now that takes away from what Russ is good at in terms of anticipating the steals because he can't do that because you know. There's no post presence yeah. anymore, so and that's and that was their that's how James Harden was out there getting 12, 13 assists. He was just lobbing it up to Capella. But it does, I mean, that does kind of it opens up the lane for Russ. So maybe this helps Russ's game, but it maybe takes away from James Harden's game a little maybe bit. Maybe a little bit. Little maybe bit. Uh, this the lineup's going to work though for the regular season. There's going to tire teams out, big yeah. teams. But come postseason, you've got to be able to play defense in a half court set. I just don't think you can play defense with. When your tallest player is six six, PJ Tucker, yeah. and PJ Tucker might be six six. We might he might really be like six <laughs> six four, six four and Ooh. a half. Ah, uh, I'll give him okay. six five. I'll six give him six five. five. I'm six joking. Five, yeah, five. I'll give him six five. But st- me still, they got it. They got the they got a six five center out there now guarding a seven foot <laughs> <laughs> seven foot Anthony Davis or a six ten. Uh, Montrez Harrell, like what? What? Our Rudy Gobert. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like the the rock. I don't just. Don't, I don't know. The Rockets. They may see something that, they, and they may do something else or pick up somebody. But I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. They also have Tyson Chandler. I forget about that. Yeah, on the bench. but he hasn't been too effective. Now I did. You brought up a good point. I did hear that they're in talks of trying to sign Jan Mahimi, the big man. Yeah. I mean, so but, I mean, it's still, still some sort of post presence. So we'll see if they what they do with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, quick question: mm-hmm. Who do you think had a bad trade? Bad trade. Actually, yeah. that's a good point, Dre. Because uh, that's a bad. The, the the bad trade I saw is was actually the strangest move I saw. Yeah. Which was Andre Drummond getting traded to Cleveland. Really? Yes, because this trade was a sign that. The era of the big man, it's, it's so ironic we're saying this, that the era of the big man is officially over. Yeah. So Andre Drummond was averaging 22 and 14, right? Oof, oof. I, big, huge numbers for a big man. Yeah. And it was so interesting that no one was talking about him on the trade market. No, no top-tier teams really wanted him. Uh, I would say that. There, there was one place that did want him, and we just talked about them. We just talked about him. Houston? Yeah. Were they in talk with Drummond? Yeah, they they wanted they wanted they wanted Drummond. Did they really? Yeah, okay. but I just don't I don't know how I don't know what happened where the it just like ended. 
Mm. Maybe they didn't have the assets to. Nah, trade probably from. not. But the fact that Detroit was willing to give them give Drummond away and not build around him, I think, says a lot to what they to the type of impact they think that Drummond can have on them moving forward. Yeah. And not so, but this is more on Cleveland's and Cleveland traded Drummond for Drummond, but they kept Kevin Love. So now Drummond's gonna that contract is gonna eat up at Cleveland's cap space while also having K Love still on the more uh on the books. Uh Drummond's set to be a free agent this uh this offseason. Uh correct or uh is he is, I thought he just signed a contract. Did he just sign? But they can't keep both of them. I oh, will say. oh you talking uh for you mean no, no, keep going, keep going. They Cleveland can't keep Drummond in love. Yeah, no, no, no. That, no. I didn't. I wouldn't think that they would want to. They don't have the cap space too. And not even just the cap season. space, but it doesn't make any sense to keep both of them. Schematically, right? Yeah, it doesn't work. And that's but so why? Why do they make that trade? Um, I'm guessing it's just like because they 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 probably they they're probably gonna end up just like dropping love somewhere. To me, they're gonna drop love off in the off season. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, give him what he wants and let him go. Like, so do you think they're gonna? Keep love and no, you think they're gonna trade love and build around Drummond? Uh, maybe not build around Drummond, but Drummond is a rebounding machine, so maybe find some more assets and picks for him. Gotcha. I just, but that just that just doesn't make sense. Hey, neither does getting Drummond in the first place. Like it, it doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, but I mean, Cleveland is really making a run at New York for the worst run franchise. Oh man, I, uh, you know what? They that might be true. I, it just like a lot of the things they do just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. I guess that's why LeBron, you know, was running running the franchise when he was there. You know, LeBron. I'm a, you know, go off a tangent for a little bit. LeBron has this weird sense thing where he when he gets when once he leaves an organization, it just goes downhill. And I think that's because LeBron takes so much control over an organization. That once he lets go of any leaves, the organization like it's in the influx. It's like, yo, we don't know what to do now. But I'm not saying it's a good thing or bad thing. I know how you guys feel about LeBron. I'm just saying that's what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just leave it. it. We're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that one day. Well, probably not today. We'll one day I will give my your take on LeBron. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hear it one day. Okay. Okay, Dre. Quick question. Quick question. Where does Darren Collison sign? Um. We talked about this earlier, uh, before, you know, before we got on the podcast. Um, what one of the one of the LA teams, right? Which one do you think he'll sign with? Who really needs a point guard? I think he fits better in LA. Lakers. With the Lakers. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking too. Exactly. I think that I think the Clippers already have three, three guards that they just that are going to eat up all the minutes. Right. Yeah. I agree. And it's funny. Uh, he was actually at the Rockets game, sitting next to Genie Bus. And it, it, it felt like it was a recruiting visit. Yeah. You know, like how you did it like in college and yeah, high yeah. school. And I, I, like you said, Dre, he fits better with the Lakers because they need a, uh, a another playmaker to play with LeBron. I think uh, Rondo will probably be the odd man out. He'll probably take Rondo's minutes. Really? Yeah. 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 That, that makes off, sense. He plays off the ball better. Yeah. I think. But um, like you said, the Clippers already have three solid guards that are using those minutes, anyways. Yeah. But um, and the Clippers got a team full. Like someone said this earlier, the Clippers have a team full of starters. Team full. <laughs> yeah. 
they're they're like their whole like most of their roster is all starters anywhere else. That's true. That's true. And you know, starters can have like obviously a huge impact on how they play and like you know on the team. You know who yeah. else can have an impact Who's on that? the game? The referees. Uh oh. The Footlockers. Uh oh. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, Dre. Um, as you know, yesterday a uh, a blown call. A missed call occurred at the end of the Blazers and Jazz game in which Rudy Gobert goaltended Damian Lillard's layup, which would have put the Blazers up 119-118 to mm-hmm. and ended up costing the Blazers a huge game in which they're trying to call back, call themselves back to the playoff picture. Yeah. Um, Dre, what do, you th- well, what do you think the imp- – how huge of an impact do you think refs have on the outcome well, of games? In my opinion, they have, pro- outside of the players, the biggest impact. Like, fans can't get involved. Like, you guys control how the game is really being played. Like, you know, as a basketball, like, I think as a player in any in any sport, you know, like, if a ref makes a call, now you have to, in- and like, it's a it's a call that's not you're, you guys aren't used to. Right. It changes the whole dynamic of the game. Mm-hmm. Like for basketball, if a ref makes a call, like he's making calls, like okay, touch fouls, like okay, well, they're calling this game a little tighter than they usually do. Right. Got to got to got to pull like pull back. Right. But if they're letting things go, okay, we can we can be a little more physical than we than usual. Yeah. Like that's that that's what I mean. Like when I say that the refs have, they control the game. Right. Uh, I disagree with you just a little bit. Yeah. I think that outside of players coaches have the biggest impact you think so absolutely and but with that being said and this can either be you know detrimental to uh, for you or it can help you out tremendously i think as a player as a team organization if you're complaining about a call that a ref made uh during the game that supposedly like affected the outcome of the game yeah then that's on you as a player because you allowed one play to one call to affect the outcome of the game, which means that you didn't do your job but, prior to that game. And I always use the example of most recently the national championship game or the the final four games, sorry, with yeah. um Auburn and UVA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you remember that blown call? Oh, or the, yeah. the foul the, call. The foul call that they yeah. had. Uh Auburn was up by like five with like a minute left. And they kind of they they blew that lead, and so I'm saying I'm thinking to them, and they also missed the free throw right before that foul call was made. And so I'm, I I tell myself, well, if you do this and you do that, like that one call isn't going to affect the outcome of the game. But I mean it. But in the end, it did. Like that that foul call. It, I'm pretty sure who was who shot it. Kyle Kyle guy was in the shooting motion, and they called the foul. But right. Um, but I'm saying if you make a free throw before that, like the games, you don't have to worry about that. If anything is tied and it's going to overtime. You know, but yeah, but they they had it. They were right. They they were they looked like the the better team right at that point in time. And Auburn did. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. But um, you know, sometimes people get saved from the ref. They benefit. And I, at that point in time, you know, well, in this instance that we're talking about, um, Kyle Guy just benefited from it. And I can't remember the place specifically, but he called in the corner, and they said that. The guard from Auburn didn't allow Guy to land. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember now. He shot it. He, he shot it like over him, 
but he was kind of standing under, he was kind of under him. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 And you know, that's being called more and more now, like than, than any time before. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was an emphasis on, in college basketball last year. Uh, and they called that all year. So it's a consistent, they were consistent about it at least. That's, that's a good point, Dre. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, but I was going back to the game. They were talking about yeah. the Portland game in Utah. That now that was the obvious goaltending, but if you remember, Portland was down that game. Yeah, they were down. And so I'm telling, I'm asking myself, well, why don't you can't allow yourself to get down during the game? If you if you don't allow yourself to get down during the game, then did that call? You, you're not you might you're maybe not in that situation. Yeah, but we we know basketball is a game of runs. Like you can't. It is. It is. But I just feel like as a player, you have to take more control throughout the game and more accountability for yourself to. Yeah, but but blatant calls, you got to just that like that was blatant. Like that was obvious. Easily, you could have just like that was the easiest easy call. For it them. was, it was, it was. But you can't expect everything to be called. You you have to expect blown calls. Yeah. As a player. Yeah. No. Know? No. You you should because it's it's just gonna happen. They're they're human. Refs aren't perfect. A- absolutely, absolutely. And so that's why I see no point in complaining over one missed call. This means you didn't. I, it means I didn't do my job as a player. Mm. I mean, we we can go back and forth with this one, but. In my opinion, the refs, the refs, uh, they missed a call. They caused the game. Okay. By by all means. I think it was a definitely blown call though, but. But it, this is like it's just the same thing as the um, when James Harden dunked the ball, and oh, yeah. they thought he missed it or something like that. I I don't. Yeah. And that was earlier uh, in the year. No. Yeah, they thought he missed it, but it went in. Yeah. Yeah, it went in, and they were the people were like, "What? Like, yeah. what are y'all doing?" I remember they were talking about trying to. Like replay that game. Yeah, like last couple minutes. Come on, no. That now that was a funny one because they did that happened with like, and <laughs> like what the fourth or the third quarter? Fourth quarter, I think. And fourth the, quarter with like minutes left, like not like not seconds. Minutes, yeah. yeah, it was like it was like a, it was like a whole quarter almost left. <laughs> <laughs> like seven minutes. Yeah, no, like you're not getting that back. Y'all lost that game. No, not at all, not at all. But um, yeah, but first man, they can have apparently according to Dre, they can have a huge impact on the game. Yeah. But uh, well, Dre, uh, do you watch UFC? Not as much, man. Okay, no. so in my opinion, the greatest UFC fighter of all time, John Jones, is fighting a title match tonight. Oh, I need to watch this. I need. To, I probably need to I watch this. I think you need to watch this because this might be one of the last few times you get to see greatness Ooh. in the UFC. So, in my opinion, I think uh, George St. Pierre, Anderson Silva, and John Jones are the greatest UFC fighters of okay. all time. <laughs> See, that, it's funny. I know who Anderson Silva is. I've I've heard of that. John Jones, I've heard of too, but I just never got to watch him. Yeah. Well, as he, but you know about his uh his background and like some of the prior situations that he's been yeah, involved in, so yeah. like the drug problems yeah. and rehab and all that. And I think that's that's obviously taken away from some of his prime years. But even with that, all that that happened, he's still one of the greatest fighters of all time. Just talent, just pound for pound, most talented person. Just pound for yeah, just talented too. Yeah, too good. Can't keep him out of amazing, amazing talent. And if you can, if you're able to watch it, just watch it. Yeah, I know you're not the biggest UFC guy, but I'm vouching for this one. All right, but uh, check this one out. <laughs> but speaking of uh, peaking in your prime and peaking at the right perform at the right time, um, Trey, playoff time is yep. coming soon for Very us, soon. right? Yeah, and most athletes find themselves a little sore, a little rough uh, around the body going to the playoffs. 
they might feel like a little out of rhythm, out of touch, out of flow, and they might feel like, you know, they're not ready going to the playoffs. So what can an athlete do in, throughout the season in order to make sure that uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, in terms of their playing, what can they do to make sure they're peaking at the right time going into the playoffs? Okay, um, I'd say one of the things you, well, first overall, just just stay like be healthy, like you know, um, one of the things that it, you cannot compromise is like your health going mm-hmm. into the playoffs because if you're banged up, you're like you're gonna be nicked up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna play to your your best, right? Yeah, so like do everything you can, stretch. You know, do the weightlifting stuff. Not not weights to where it's just like you're trying to bulk up or anything, but just weights to like maintain and like strengthen yourself. Like right. keep your strength. Right. And then um, I want to say, you know, have have that little time of day where you can just like do some do some yoga, maybe calm your mind, like do things that you know take your mind away away from your game a little bit, just to like folk like focus. Okay. Yeah, I think I think focus and health are the the two of the top things here focus and health so yeah. what are some things that you do personally to make sure you're peaking at the right time going coming going into the playoffs um so what i do make what i make sure of is you know i stretch a lot like i have to and then um yeah i stretch a lot and then on top of that i make sure i'm drinking water all day every day how much water do you think you drink um day? so little like like here they sell like one one and a half liters Water bottles, I'll probably drink like three, three of those, three, four of those. Okay. Yeah, try to, I try to get those in. Mm-hmm. And then um, also I try to change my diet just a little bit, a little less fried food. But so you cut, but you've cut out fried food. Yeah, I've cut season, out a lot. Right? Yeah. So even even now, like right now, I'm going a little less, even more. Mm-hmm. I'm going more baked or more like something, like like not salads I would say, but like greener. Okay. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. What's, what's some, what, what? You got any tips for anybody? Yeah, I would say just get get into a rhythm, yeah, and the flow of your uh, of a daily routine. Oh, you were, yeah. You were talking about you stretch every day. Yeah. So I would say whatever sport you do, get into a daily routine of doing some sort of warm up for it. Obviously, before practice, pregame, you know, stick to that. Stick to that. Um routine and you know don't change it up unless you feel like your body's talking to you telling you that you have to change it so we have to be as athletes we have to be in tune with our body and we have to under we have to be able to listen to what it's telling us so say with your daily routine like for a pregame normally you you know say you run like four or five laps to warm up and then you shoot maybe 100 free throws but if you know that your ankle is bothering you maybe don't run those four or five laps yeah, you know what I mean, just to not put that much impact, but on yeah. your ankle before going to but, the game. Well, that's why I said I was like, you know, like you know, your health is number one right now. Yeah, I yeah. think I think going into playoffs, um, health, like health, is the overall number one factor for every team. Yeah, well, I th- well, I th- well, I think peaking at the right time not only health. Yeah, yeah. obviously health yeah. is mo- but that, the most. But that's important. what I'm saying. Like for but, to peak, you need you need your health. But you, but you need a rhythm too. Yeah, no, no, but facts. Yeah, but I just think like you, if you're hurting and you're, you got like ankle here, shoulder here, 
like elbows hurting, hands hands are messed, like that type of stuff. Little nicks and nacks. Yeah, little nicks and nacks and stuff like that. Like you got like you you're, you're not gonna be thinking about the game as much. You're gonna be thinking about your, like. Oh, like, how can I get healthy? Like, how can I just avoid this? That's true. But, you know, Dre, also, one thing that keeps those little minor injuries away is lifting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, obviously, you don't want to lift. Depending on your sport, you don't want to you don't want to lift too heavy oh, no. during the season. But you do want to lift some sort of weights just, like, to strengthen your body and your muscles so you, it doesn't break down yeah. as easily. But I think you said it best. Like, you know, just knowing your health and, like, listening to your body and yeah. It's kind of funny though that like my um my routine for me, um and this is you know everyone's routine is different like obviously we all we all know that yeah um mine is actually I gotta I gotta like get a nap in like mm. good good nap it just helps me like calm down focus be on ready the, for a game. on game days yeah game days like it, it it helps me out with that how how far in advance uh it's got to be at least two hours before the game yeah at least two hours like it's got to be way before the game. How long is the nap? Um, probably like thirty minutes to an hour, maybe. I would say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does that calm me down, or was it? Yeah, like because me personally, I get so much. I get so like anxious. Okay. And then when it, when I wake up, I like I'm like all right, like I'm calm. I'm back calm now. Now I can focus on this game. Oh wow. Yeah. I'll say that, and you know, a little little prayer here and there for me. That's that's obviously the most important yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you do like without during your daily routine? Um. I make sure I, yeah, I I think that's it for me. Like, I, you know, the food part and, like, that, this is just my routine. Food, nap, and, like, stretching. And I just repeat until the game. And, you, obviously, we go into warm-ups and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah. So, so that's your routine. Are you going to change anything? Are you going to listen to your body at all and change something uh, going into the playoffs? Um, nah, because once you try and change your routine, it can mess you up. It can, it can, sometimes it can mess you up. But what if your body's telling you like, if you're, yeah, yeah, of course, if your body's telling you something different, then you kind of have to, you have to do that. But I most times try to, try to stay with my routine. Okay. That's fair. I I mean, it's good that you have a routine, but I do think you do kind of have to, even within your routine, you have to listen to what you feel like you need. Like, yeah, because if you, so if your routine, like, for example, is you doing a hundred layups during pregame, right? And that's that's what you normally do for your routine. But if you know that you're shooting like I don't know fifty percent percent from the free throw line, maybe you should shoot free throws in your routine as opposed to layups. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's good to have a routine because you have a standard. But I would just say don't be afraid to alleviate from that standard just so you can get you know the results that you're looking for. Yeah. I think that just helps you peak. But like you said, everybody has their own thing, man. Everybody has their own thing. But health is obviously the most important thing when it comes to peaking. Yeah. At the right time. But um I don't know if you haven't found a rhythm by now. <laughs> it's a little late, man. <laughs> it's gonna be a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But uh yeah, Dre, that's uh that's everything we have for today. Did you have any shout outs that you wanted to get? Um one of my closest friends, he um, he actually told me he taught me the other day. He's playing in like some cash league tournaments, little, awesome. yeah, like basketball tournaments. And told me to give him a shout out. You know, follow him on Instagram. He is also if people want, he, people want. He's a great trainer. If you live in the LA area, what's his uh, what's his name? What's his Instagram? Uh, Average Joe Ant. All right. Okay. Average Joe Ant on yep. Instagram. Yeah. 
And he's a personal trainer. Um, he can basketball trainer. Basketball I would say. trainer. Yeah, he's he's great with like drills and stuff like that. Like he can awesome. he can get you right. Cool, cool. Did you have anyone else that you wanted to shout out? Um, think shout out you know mom pops everything like that. And then uh, shout out my, my friend who I say every time. Obviously, um, B Rembrandt. You know, did you ever? Did, you never gave them. The, you the, never gave the, the fans the, the Instagram, so yeah, I, did. I thought I did, did several you? times. Okay, okay, I don't know. All right, all right, we're doing this right now. Clo- clothing line, all right, mm-hmm. is Brandon Rembrandt underscore clothing. There we go. All right, there we go. that again is Brandon Rem- Rembrandt underscore clothing. Got it. And then his personal account, you know, he's because he's playing, he's playing right now, uh, is B Rimby B underscore Rimby. Gotcha. Yo, go check him out. Great guy. One of one of my like one of my favorite teammates I've had. Mm-hmm. Other than my, you know Sean, but like, I'm just saying like. Don't try to butter me. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Gotcha. Yo, check him out, man. Give him, give, show him some love. He's got some great clothing for you guys. Give him a look. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, all right, Dre. I think that's all we have for, have for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, we will be back again. Later on this week with some very huge news. I know we keep saying Uh-oh. that, but this next next week we promise we're gonna tell you this wonderful amazing yeah, news. Yeah, we had to we had to keep it on quiet. You yes, know. this top secret MI five, MI six, CIA, FBI <laughs> confidential information. But we promise you're gonna love it. Uh, like we said once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. We really appreciate it. And until next time, guys, peace. Have a good one, guys.